This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. It comes down to the fact that sometimes we just have faulty algorithm design or faulty ways in which we really frame the problems that we're trying to solve with the AI and really subjective interpretation of AI's output. So we can implement a tech that works as intended and produces results the way that we had hoped, but it still comes down to the human factor of how do we interpret that output and act upon it. AI bias can ultimately still come down to just human biases in the way that we think and act. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Nguyen. I asked my colleague, Andrew Revin, to join us today to talk about biases in AI. We get asked frequently to talk about AI. That usually means I'm going to Andrew for great insights. He's leading a whole series of webinars and other content about AI-related topics, one of which is biases in AI. I asked him to come here and talk more about it because it's such a hot topic. Anything related to ethics and safety within any new technology we're using in healthcare becomes such a hot topic. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Trevor, as always, happy to be here. Set the context for us first. Why is it an issue? What have been some of the concerns around biases in AI? How it's going to impact the applications for AI in and the intersection with really a new, growing, emerging area for all our health systems, which is their focus and work in health equity. My job day to day often includes a lot of just headline scanning and seeing where the market is going as far as interests. The topic of AI biases in particular has been something in play for several years at this point, but I started to see the temperature getting turned up a bit more in the last few months. You'll see different headlines in the news these days wondering if ChatGPT is essentially going to open up some kind of Pandora's box around matters of bias, but privacy and data security. We're seeing how large language models may actually be propagating race-based medicine. That was one of the headlines that was getting a lot of traction. But we also have to think about how AI is going to be impacting global economies, how it's going to be potentially worsening overall inequities. We have to think about how this is going to be impacting job markets across the globe. There's just this wide scope and scale to what AI can ultimately be doing as far as its impact to this topic of health equity. And so that's what brings us here today. So let's start with the good stuff. Is there low-hanging fruit? maybe some places of early learnings or success. What opportunities does AI provide to improve some of the areas that health systems are focused on health equity? Despite the potential risks, if we're looking at this from a glass half full approach, we know one of the benefits of AI is just the various potential applications or use cases that we can have for it. So if we think about categories of use like care personalization, AI could be used for tailoring treatments based on a patient's unique profile. Think about every patient's unique circumstances, whether that's socioeconomic factors, whether it's matters of really tailoring from a cultural appropriateness perspective, how we take care of certain patients all of the different environmental factors that come into play here. AI is particularly set up for leveraging an immense amount of data to help drive some of that personalization. Because I never understand this stuff as well as you do, that's one of the places I'm most excited. Not just the personalized care models, but personalized incentives, for a better word, around what can I send Trevor that's actually going to get him to click on this email, read it, and do whatever Dr. Redpan's telling him to do for X, Y, or Z disease intervention treatment screening. That's a really exciting place here, so I'm glad you started there. 
This is about the long-stated goal of trying to get to an N of one healthcare model, whatever we think of as precision or personalized medicine. I see AI playing a key role in that. But even beyond just the personalization factors, you have to think about the opportunities around things like accessibility, leveraging chatbots and virtual assistants for on-demand health education is one example. Think about the capabilities of something like a large language model that could take a visit summary or discharge notes and actually do instant translation across any number of different languages just for basic comprehension of what occurred during the visit for the patient. Think about an LLM that could adjust the reading levels of notes that go into a portal for a patient. If you have a patient that has that kind of comprehension barrier, if they have a fourth or fifth grade reading level, how are they going to make sense of all the jargon that's occurring in a patient note? AI can actually help to deal with a lot of those text-based barriers that patients face. When we think about resource allocation, that's another big category. So leveraging AI to analyze a lot of the disparities that occur between and even within diverse populations. When we think about areas like medical research, we've known for some time now how clinical trials are often showing major gaps in terms of representation across different geographies or different ethnic groups. And so to what degree can AI start to help with identifying different patients to help supplement those trials or even at this point, leveraging generative AI for creating synthetic data that can actually be used to help fill some of the gaps in terms of that research and analysis. The list goes on and on as far as potential opportunities here and how AI can start to intersect with this topic of health equity. Thanks for starting with some positives, and it's happy to hear that there's plenty of them. Now talk about the challenges. I think that's where I expected we would spend more time. What are some of the places that you're concerned or that you're focused on or that others are paying a lot of attention around eliminating biases from AI? There are many potential challenges that we need to think about here when it comes to AI. If we're focusing in on the particular challenge of bias... First, it's probably best to define what we're talking about here, right? If we're talking about AI bias, we're essentially looking at cases where an algorithm or a model is acting in a discriminatory manner. So it's essentially compounding existing inequities within healthcare. And when you start to think about aspects of scaling or automation, you're essentially amplifying a lot of potential inequities or harms across health systems. That's really the core of the issue here. What's causing this risk of bias can vary as well. It could be down to just basic structural inequities that we have across not just individuals, but broader communities or society as a whole. We've got to think about the fact that we have lots of incomplete or messy health data sets across different populations. It comes down to the fact that sometimes we just have faulty algorithm design or faulty ways in which we really frame the problems that we're trying to solve with AI and really subjective interpretation of AI's output. So we can implement a tech that works as intended and produces results the way that we had hoped, but it still comes down to the human factor of how do we interpret that output and act upon it. AI bias can ultimately still come down to just human biases and the way that we think and act. But the challenges continue beyond that. There's other factors that we may not necessarily have easy answers for just yet. The fact that biases are not always obvious, they're not always deliberate. The fact that AI transparency or explainability is still something that we struggle with. This idea that AI is a black box that may not always give us a clear indicator of its causal pathways and why it made a particular decision. That's going to continue to be a longstanding challenge here. 
think about the fact that sometimes we can't even agree on certain terms. Can we, as a collective whole, agree on what's fair or what's equitable and not only agree on something of a definition, but can we actually translate that into some kind of technical or quantified way that an algorithm would be able to understand and act upon? These are open-ended questions. Some of it gets into more of the philosophical realm when we start to think about that. I can't help but think that it's like you don't want it to not be able to identify a pattern. But what's the difference between picking up a pattern and a bias, right? It's like people who can jump high are probably better at basketball. That's a pattern, but maybe a bias in, well, if I'm picking a basketball team, should I just pick the people who can jump high? It's a balance where like if we're asking the AI to solve problems, sometimes you want it to point to the biases or patterns in whatever it's looking at. I don't know if you have to react to that. That's just like, I always learn from you as we're doing these. So that's how I'm thinking about it. If I'm a health system and I'm talking to vendors, thinking about building our own algorithms, what are strategies to mitigate biases or mitigate the biases that could point us in the wrong direction? When we think about the full life cycle of an AI product, there's different ways of framing the stages of development, but often it always starts with this idea, what is the intended target or problem statement that we're looking to address here? You got to essentially define the use case. You have to think about what are the expected benefits that we're looking to get out of this. But what you also need to do at these early stages is often engage a really diverse group of stakeholders. These are folks that are going to be involved in the problem framing overall, but folks that could be assigned some measure of accountability for understanding what is the AI meant to do and ultimately how are we going to potentially either build this in-house or outsource this to an external organization. That is a very key first step to this. But as we go stage by stage, we have to think of a lot of other measures that could be put in place to help mitigate bias. If we think about the process of data sourcing, this is about gathering representative high quality data. This is about establishing guidelines for that data use. This is about setting some well-defined input variables. This takes a lot of work, and this is actually something that, from a data governance perspective, it can actually be a stumbling block for many organizations, but it is just as crucial. That old concept of garbage in, garbage out, this is essentially that stage where that saying really comes into play. When you think about the stage of development, this is where we start to actually build a model and validate it. Here, we need to think about setting thresholds and constraints for the model. We need to think about building in wherever possible some sense of transparency, some explainability for how a model is making the decisions that it does, but also being able to test out an algorithm's generalizability or reproducibility. This is the idea that often these models are being built by a particular group of individuals or at a particular institution. And once that algorithm leaves that location and is deployed elsewhere, it could start to act in different ways than what was the original intention. So we need to see how these models, as they scale or as they replicate, whether or not they actually start to introduce new biases that we didn't account for. And that brings us to the stages of deployment and then eventually monitoring and adherence. This is where you're piloting, typically in a stealth mode, you're iterating on the algorithm, you're pressure testing the algorithm in various ways of value evaluating clinical integration workflows and so on, but also thinking about what is the output? Is there potential biases that we're able to track or any other risks that we can help monitor and implementing those real-time feedback options and model tune-ups as needed? It's really a bit of a cyclical process that carries on here. 
even though I watched you through those five stages of the typical life cycle, there are some other additional mitigation strategies that really cover the whole spectrum of AI development. And it's really factors like, are we adhering to some kind of standards around promoting health equity, data privacy, and patient safety throughout this entire process? Are we providing ongoing education and training for all of those different stakeholders involved? For example, if we have a team of developers, do they even know the wide range and different types of biases that exist? If they don't know all of the potential biases, they're unlikely to measure them. They're unlikely to anticipate them. But beyond even just the bias problem, do we need to incorporate training or education around matters of ethics or social sciences or any of these other things that maybe aren't typically part of a curriculum when you're focused in on software development? But it's something to think about as far as getting more of a holistic education around AI's impact to society broadly and not just within healthcare. One other thing, across every stage, we got to make sure that we're not just engaging the staff who are involved in building these models, but we also need to be engaging patients if they're going to be ultimately impacted by these algorithms. To what extent are we getting our patients' perspectives and unique viewpoints on how AI is going to be used, what types of data are going to be used to train these models. Patient populations that are typically underserved or underrepresented, they have a particular way of challenging assumptions for why we're using AI and how we're building it. So that's something that needs to be factored in end to end. What are a couple things you're paying close attention to or looking to as signals? Maybe there's a couple places that you're looking for clues here that'll tell you we're heading in a good direction or this is something I'm worried about. I'm looking at various public and private initiatives that are starting to focus in either on the bias issue specifically, but also just in this intersection of privacy, security, and equity. We're starting to see a lot of traction here. Just to name a few examples, I've seen efforts like the National Academy of Medicine. They've launched a three-year project where they're looking to produce a healthcare AI code of conduct. You've got the Frontier Model Forum. This is a body that's led up by the big tech folks. So Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, they're focusing on ensuring safe and responsible development for AI models. You got the Coalition for Health AI that's adapting the NIST framework to define practice guardrails and evaluation criteria for health AI developers. So that's a group that incorporates health systems like Stanford and Mayo, as well as big tech and others. The AMA just released principles for AI development and use. And then looking at broader government efforts, the Biden administration issued its executive order around AI safety and putting some bounds around its development. And then we've got the EU producing its own AI act. Whether it's federal, state, local efforts to really produce some intentional focus around building AI responsibly. We know that this is an exponential technology. It's got a lot of hype and energy behind it. There is definitely efforts within private industry to try to maximize the capabilities of this AI no matter what, and that brings a lot of risks. It's good to see that there is a lot of particular focus around regulation of AI, ensuring that we are not letting the technology run away from us. And I think that we see so many different stakeholders getting involved here. That's a positive move for the industry. Andrew, I always learn so much. And it's great to have these podcasts as an excuse to just pick your brain. So thanks so much for joining today. Really appreciate it. Always value your perspective and look forward to having you back on soon. Always happy to chat with you. And if AI doesn't take my job in the next six months, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate and review us and or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at 
SG2 Healthcare. And if you want to talk more about innovative healthcare strategies, you can always email me at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Finally, SG2's a Vizient company, and there are a bunch of Vizient podcasts that you might like. You can find them at Vizient backslash podcasts. Have a great day.